Hello, and welcome to Climate Fix Podcast. Here we dive into evidence-based solutions to climate change and various other pressing environmental issues. This podcast is created by Americans for Nuclear Energy, a pro-nuclear environmental organization. We take no money from industry or special interest groups. All donations are from individuals like you, interested in a grassroots scientific movement to solve the world's most pressing scientific problem, global climate change. We hope you approach these ideas with humanism and an open mind. Our mission statement is as follows. Nuclear energy is safe, cheap, plentiful, clean, and efficient. It has the capability to stop and reverse climate change while addressing the ever-growing demand for electricity globally. We strive to educate American citizens about this technology and to dispel misconceptions with facts. We firmly believe that both human civilization and industrialism can easily coexist with a healthy environment. Join us in helping to plan a prescription for a feverish planet, or as we like to say, a climate fix. This is your host, Phil Ord. And this is your co-host, Colby Kirk. In this episode of Climate Fix Podcast, we have a conversation with DJ LeClear, also known as The Rad Guy, on TikTok and other social media sites. He has almost 40,000 followers and has racked up hundreds of thousands of likes and views, providing quality science education on nuclear power and radiation. DJ talks about his journey into nuclear science communication on TikTok and other platforms, some of his most successful pieces of content, the people he reaches and interacts with online, the state of nuclear literacy among the public, the dilemma of misinformation and how to combat it, public reception and acceptance of factual nuclear information, limitations to social media, and advice for other science influencers. DJ LeClear is a nuclear specialist turned nuclear influencer. He has been working in the field of radiation safety and nuclear energy for his entire working career. Starting out as a nuclear operator in the Navy, doing reactor plant chemistry and radiation work, he has since moved up to a state-level job as a nuclear safety specialist, focusing on nuclear plant emergency preparedness. After earning a bachelor's in nuclear engineering technology from Excelsior College, he advanced his studies to a master's in health physics with a focus in radiochemistry from Illinois Institute of Technology. DJ's passion for nuclear science and desire to be a voice of reason to concerned citizens has led him to be a content creator many follow today. Many of the formal nuclear institutions have a presence on Twitter and Facebook, but remain absent from TikTok. DJ is providing a much-needed voice on this platform, which is tremendously popular among the incoming generation of scientists, engineers, and environmentalists. The nuclear power sector is in dire need of good PR and factual information. DJ is helping a lot in this endeavor and getting the word out there that nuclear power is interesting and worthwhile and does not have to be stigmatized. It will be great to hear about his insight into effective science communication in today's multimedia-saturated environment. DJ's cross-platform media brand of The Rad Guy is helping to get people excited about nuclear power and nuclear science while challenging cultural myths that seem so pervasive. Nuclear power will be instrumental in dialing down emissions, and we need as much social acceptance and support for it as possible, which comes from educational, factual, and engaging content that is accessible to as many people as we can reach. With the incoming generation being more informed and knowledgeable, the future will be empowered to facilitate a massive nuclear power deployment, making the world a better place. Let's get to it. Here's our conversation with DJ.
DJ, the rad guy, thanks for coming on as a featured guest this time. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to, to be a guest this time around instead of just a uh, uh, one of the co-hosts. <laughs> right. To get started, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey that led you into nuclear communication using TikTok as a platform. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, it's, it's certainly been a journey. How, how long do y'all have to, <laughs> to talk about this? Uh, cause I mean, there was a lot that really led me to, uh, finally get on TikTok itself. Um, but, uh, a lot of people know me. I I've been on Facebook for a long time. Uh, I've had Facebook page such as, uh, pragmatic environmentalist. So I've, I've been, you know, in the trenches on, on Facebook comment sections and forums and stuff for a long time. And, uh, I knew at some point I would want to start, uh, doing videos because I feel like there just wasn't enough people out there doing videos on nuclear power. Uh, and I think one real big thing that got me going on TikTok was my desire to uh, be that voice of nuclear power TikTok because it didn't exist. I didn't really see any creators really talking about nuclear power. And at the same time, I didn't see any creators talking uh, bad about nuclear power. So I saw a perfect opportunity that if I could get on TikTok, I could be kind of that first mover you know, and I can basically get ahead of the game and start uh, making TikToks. I get, or I should, I should say, Isabel was on there. Isodope. Um, I, I can't say I'm the first one, but uh, I did see there was a big void, and that all those anti-nuclear organizations that you do see on Facebook, you do see in some other places like Twitter, uh, they they're pretty much not present at all on TikTok. So we're, we're ahead of the game. And I figured, you know what, this is the time I need to get in there. I need to throw my hat into the ring. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really what got me, uh, into specifically TikTok. And then from there, I mean, when you make a TikTok video, you, you get the free video out of it basically that you can cross or cross post on, onto other platforms. So I'm pretty much on any, any platform that you can think of, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, I have been getting a little more involved on, which is nice. Um, and, uh, I am also on YouTube. Some people just know me from YouTube, uh, even though my, my following on there is maybe, uh, it's less than 300. Yeah, probably. Still open, though. <laughs> so would you say you're one of the leading pro nuclear educators on TikTok? So I cannot actually really? claim that um, as my, yeah, I think a lot of people do think they're like, oh, you're, you're, you're like, I think first off, I think people thought that Isabel had like this really, really huge following. And uh, I think she, she started out putting out a lot of different videos. And then I think her focus recently has, I mean, she's been really focused on Diablo Canyon, right. And, and Twitter. Uh, but I, I have, I eclipsed Isabel, um, but there are at least two other creators out there that I know of that are nuclear creators that, uh, they were able to eclipse me. One of them very quickly was able to eclipse me, uh, I guess younger and, and better looking. So 
I don't know. She was able to really quickly put out those videos and, <laughs> and get a good following. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the top one. Um, there's uh, two great ones on there. And I think they came in around the same time I did. Um, the, the, the one that's the top, top, top one, I think came in a little after me, but it's very interesting phenomena. We, we, we all kind of came into this fear uh, together. Okay. Yeah, so. it's. I'm sure it's a turbulent environment too. With uh, things can change so so rapidly. Yeah, yeah, and I probably could have kept that following going, kept kept getting more and more followers. But there was a point in time where it just got very uh, taxing to try to to keep up. And and there's certain things that you need to do on TikTok to keep your following increasing more and more. Uh, so, uh, I kind of slowed down a little bit on well, that. Could but. you, uh, talk about some of your most viewed videos? Yeah, it is the, the, the TikTok algorithm is so, it, 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 it's so weird and I still haven't figured it out every once in a while. I know that, you know what, I'm going to put this video out and I bet you, I bet you it's going to get some good views and it will. Other times I think, oh yeah, this is going to, this is going to get some good views and then it doesn't. So I don't know. It's weird. So the ones that I've gotten good views on though, uh, one was on transportation of nuclear waste. I have, tr I have posted that video three times now. And the reason why I do that is because, uh, one of the things you can do as a creator is repost. And, uh, some of some creators recommend doing it. And I, I would recommend doing it. Uh, if you have a good successful video, and I've gotten at least over 350,000 views uh, for two of the times that I posted it. And I just recently posted it again. Um, and I think I'm up to 175,000 wow. on it. So it gets a lot That's of incredible. good views. So does the website allow you to do like some informatics or just figure out what uh, mm -hmm. age group or demographic is most receptive to your videos? I can't remember if it allows for age group. Uh, it definitely like one of the, the first things that it shows you is like the, uh, which when it comes to like male or female, um, what, what, what does your followers, what, what do your followers look like? Uh, it, it is, I would say mostly male, uh, followers, <laughs> uh, that I have. Um, and it's, it's very interesting though, uh, what happened when uh, the recent Ukraine stuff started happening and I started putting out a lot of videos about Ukraine, uh, all of the sudden, uh, most of the new followers, a vast majority of them wow. were female, which I, I, I can't tell you why, <laughs> but it does, it does allow you to kind of break it down. I couldn't tell you on age Got group it. though. So do you think like from, from what you've seen, would you say that the information you put out there might be people's first exposures to the topics you cover? I think so. Absolutely. Um, especially with a lot of the questions uh, that I get. Uh, a, a lot of them like, oh, I, I've made many videos on this. You, you must <laughs> <laughs> like, you must not have watched any of them, but uh I, I would say so. Um, either that, maybe not first exposure, because maybe they're exposed to it in the media or, or popular media, you know. And uh, 
they're what they know about it is basically a very high level uh and uh they they really don't they don't know the the, the truth about the, some of the stuff and they just only know some of the fear it's like they're about coming it, from so. the simpsons and you know, have never actually seen what a nuclear waste cast looks like <laughs> still thinking it's the oil drum with the yep. green goo yep. so <laughs> exactly exactly so i think that's the reason why my video that video that i talked about that was really popular became so popular because it really went against yeah. what people thought uh was nuclear waste uh, right? i yeah. bet you uh probably get a lot of people's eyes lighting up when you talk about energy density i bet yeah that was another one of my good videos um i did a video on energy density i've thought about reposting it um i might but i in in that video i i had a little thing saying hey like so i showed up i showed a uranium pellet I said, this is a uranium pellet. And it was like this little, you know, mock uranium pellet. And I said, uh, basically spit out all the facts about energy density. And, uh, it, but I had a little blurb on the bottom that says, if you want one of these energy or one of these uranium pellets, uh, become one of my Patreons and I'll <laughs> send you a, <laughs> send you one. But I've changed my Patreon to where, I think if you are a certain level, I might send it to you. I can't remember how I had trouble keeping <laughs> right. up. <laughs> Didn't you make them with like your 3D printer to give to people? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 3D printed them and then uh, painted them by hand uh, because I put little fast facts. Oh, wow. Uh, I have, it says like uranium that has like a U, uranium symbol, a uh, chemical symbol, uh, equals and then it had the whole uh 17,000 cubic feet of natural gas, ton of ton of coal, three barrels of oil on it. And uh those little that little text on I mean uranium pellets so tiny. You have to so I, I what I would do is I'd fill it in with paint and I actually had my son helping me out. I should I should just do it again just because it's an enjoyable thing for him to do and it's nice and calming for him. <laughs> that physical representation really helps get people uh, mm -hmm. interested. I need to find myself just a big pile of coal <laughs> that I can just stand next to with like that little pellet, like zoom in, like this is uranium pellet. And then you zoom out and like, this is how much coal. <laughs> right. Do, yeah. Doing your safety jobs, uh, bringing your coal piles with all that radiation safety. <laughs> yeah. I, I might. <laughs> there are some opportunities I might have with my, with my job. Cause there's, there's, there's at least one coal plant that I know is close by one of the places that, uh, I might frequent <laughs> and you can actually measure the radiation level coming off their, their, their fly. Ash yeah. <laughs> from pretty good distance. It's a lot of isotopes coming out of those, uh, those smokestacks. Yep. So oh, yeah. do you think, uh, like being on social media, I think you're, you're, you mentioned you're filling in this void on the platform, but you also might be filling like a larger cultural void. Um, cause like, would you, would you think that, education on nuclear subjects is lacking in like the typical high school curriculum? Absolutely. Um, and I've been talking about it for a long time. I think that I feel like that's the next step for me eventually is to try to bring it into like the high school curriculum. Um, and this, this is something I've been thinking about for 
many, many years, uh, how I, I didn't get to learn about it in high school. Like I remember maybe if you flip back to the back of the chemistry book, the AP <laughs> chemistry book, you can right. find some stuff that. on it. And my chemistry teacher who knew I was going into the nuclear Navy was like, Hey, like it's the end of the year. Let's, let's fast forward to this just to kind of give you a little, uh, preview of what you're about to get into. But I really do think it's lacking. And I, I really, I don't know what to do about that, but I, I want to maybe work with my own local high school to, uh, bring, bring education there. And then I've also had some family and, uh, friends who were like, Hey, like, I want you to talk to my, uh, students. In fact, my, my cousin wants me to, we've been trying to set it up for a long time here. Uh, but they, we've been struggling trying to pick up a time because it's, again, it's not mm -hmm. part of that curriculum. And so they're like, we have to do it at the end of the year if I can find time. Yeah. So, just from the That's people hard. I've talked to anecdotally, I, I think it might be like a location thing because I'll talk to some people and they'll be like, yeah, nuclear mm -hmm. energy was never mentioned anytime in my high school curriculum. And some people were like, oh, yeah, there's a nuclear power plant a town over. We'd go on field trips there every year. Like I know and they'd know plenty about it. Mm -hmm. So it, it might be one of those location uh, limitation things. So, yeah, yeah. And that's why my my cousin they're trying to get me like they live in Colorado. So that's like a desert when it comes to like anybody who knows. It's Emory Lovins territory. <laughs> Can confirm. Uh, but they really want me to talk to it. So I might have to do like a remote thing, like a zoom thing. We were planning on doing it during COVID and everything was remote yeah. then. So it would have, it just made sense. But now there's a little more of that availability of like, Oh yeah, this is normal. Doing doing remote presentations is yeah, normal. It's, so. it, it's really interesting. In uh, high school, I kind of became friends with uh, a science teacher that I never had a class with him, but uh, he used to basically babysit my service dog while my other science teacher was allergic to it. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, invited me to come speak to his uh, AP environmental science class a few times. You know, cool. still like that's really important, and it's it's just a shame there's not. Mm -hmm. There's just so much people don't know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. We almost have to just be like, make ourselves available, available and, and just know people who are in education that are interested and want you awesome. to talk. Well, in, in the age of social media and video sharing sites, there's always a risk of unchecked misinformation spreading. How bad would you say the media ecosystem is when it comes to nuclear disinformation? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like definitely in the media, uh, nuclear, uh, disinformation and misinformation, uh, abounds. Um, and, uh, a lot of times it's because it just, people, people have this whole thought about nuclear and, uh, they can say things. And everyone can just, you know, nod their head and like, oh yeah, that sounds right. Like, yeah, nuclear, like that's, that's the, the, the worst to get, right. Uh, the word radiation, that's, that's, uh, that's terrible. And I think people just think that it's just matter of fact, right. you know, 
and nobody really questions it. So it's really easy for the media to say these things, to say that, oh, there might be a nuclear accident and we might lose uh, the continent of Europe. Like, <laughs> no. no, no, that's not the way it works. And uh, that right there is absolute misinformation that might have been planted there via disinformation from people who uh, don't like nuclear power and uh, go on to these news sites and the, and the news trusts some of these people to uh, as experts that are not experts that are spreading disinformation that uh, really just confounds uh, the misconceptions that are already out there. So absolutely, it's it's terrible. More specifically um, on uh, TikTok, though, have you uh, have you had to deal with a lot of misinformation there, or has it actually been pretty pretty tame compared to other media's? Surprisingly, has been uh, fairly tame, and uh, which is is kind of nice. Um, there's every once in a while, there's videos that crop up there that I get tagged in that I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so much misinformation right now. And then it hurts me on right. the inside a little bit because I, I, I feel kind of like stressed of like, oh man, I need to address this now. But I, I, I'm, I'm busy right now. I can't make another video. <laughs> so uh, it's not bad though. Um and what's really great is that uh, since I've become friends with a lot more uh, science creators and people who are interested in learning about science, I feel like they've – I've changed a lot of minds there and there's a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, you want to know more information about radiation? Uh, like when people maybe ask questions in their comment section about nuclear radiation, they point – uh, their followers to me to, to understand it. So I feel like I've kind I've kind of wedged myself in there and there's a few other creators who have also, um, who are also tagged in those sort of situations, but it's, it's really, it's not too bad on, on TikTok, even though TikTok does have a lot of other misinformation out there about other subjects. Uh, the nuclear misinformation, surprisingly, um, it's, it's way worse on other platforms like Twitter. Right. Well, I think, also on TikTok, it allows you to play a clip of some misinformation and then in the very same video, mm -hmm. quickly talk about it and be like, no, actually, yep. if you look at the data uh, <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's conducive to being able to check a claim like immediately in, in the same short video. Do you think mm -hmm. in general, the correct information, at least on TikTok, is winning out over the falsehoods when it comes to nuclear? Um, I would say there, there's absolutely a shift in the, the mindset of, of a lot of people. If, if you try getting on TikTok and make a video, um, even if it's just like a video about energy, uh, or, or nuclear or anything like that, you, you will get a lot of people in your comment section um, that are actually pro-nuclear. Um, and great, great news, you know, that there's, 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 I could see the shift there. Uh, when it comes to like correct information, um, sometimes it's even some of the information that some of the people are saying who are, are trying to be pro-nuclear, it's like, ah, uh, 
that's not <laughs> correct. <laughs> like I applaud you at, at trying to be pro nuclear and, uh, but yeah, so, uh, it's, it's hard to correct, uh, all of the misinformation out there. So, <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I, I, I guess uh, maybe like uh, yeah. the, the anti-nuclear position is, is it seems to be pretty. Does that seem to be pretty not extreme? I would say so. Yeah, on on TikTok specifically, and and there 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 is a problem with me saying this though because TikTok curates your uh, feed mm-hmm. for you for me. Right. And if it's trying to do that and I'm seeing all these people are being pro nuclear and whatnot, it can create a little bit of a false uh, (laughs) sense of it. Um, But I I still even with that, I still feel that they're uh, on TikTok. Things are not too bad. And, And the reason why I say that is because I most of the people who I am following are, are mostly just like science creators and stuff, very general science creators. And, uh, I get to hear about, uh, they're, they're not focused on nuclear and, uh, I, I guess they're not saying anything bad about nuclear either. So I, I do feel like on, on, on TikTok, uh, it's, and, and there is, good. there is the curiosity where it's like, yes, social media can create echo chambers. Um, but I, I guess depending on the mm-hmm. platform and I, I don't know too much about how TikTok manages its algorithm, but I definitely see how on Facebook and Twitter, um, they, they're sort of going after engagement and engagement can also mean, you know, mm-hmm. disagreeing and arguing with people. So <laughs> sometimes yep. the curation is actually showing you stuff you disagree with. So you'll respond to it and, and, and try to like start an argument with somebody. Um, so I don't know if TikTok is mm-hmm. different or, or if we really, if, <laughs> if there is really a pro nuclear dominance on that platform. Um, I, I do know there's been times that I have seen, I have been uh, piled with a lot of comments on one of my videos before, and it's when I brought up the energy uh, uh, or electricity map, and I pointed at the fact that uh, uh, wind pa- or basically, Europe, I think people have the misconception that Europe has like a whole bunch of wind power, and they, they're they, they were doing really well on clean energy. And I pointed at, well, these countries are doing well at, at, at clean energy. Let's see what they, uh, what they're using. And I had a lot of people kind of dogpile on that, uh, that were not very happy with me saying that. So I have been able to stumble upon those. Okay, so, um, and that's actually one of my highest viewed ones. So there you so. go. Yeah. So, so you've gotten pushback over that. And, um, it, it is funny because grid data, I think when it comes to actually communicating this and electricity map.org does such a good job, mm-hmm. you know, showing you the visual map, mm-hmm. showing you the, the graph and like color coding everything, um, from carbon intensity to the energy source. When you're looking at the like per country and region data, um, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it will show you like how much capacity, like, you know, uh, Germany has a combined solar and wind capacity of over 100 gigawatts, but it also shows you how much of that is being Mm -hmm. is producing, you know, in in real time or in the last 24 hours. And when people see that, when you can show people, hey, yeah, more capacity is not going to solve this problem if it's only running at 5%. Um, That's 
mm-hmm. that's a very like powerful visual direct real world form of evidence that is very hard to come back to if you're anti-nuclear and so i can see why why you might uh have gotten a lot of people riled up over that yeah yeah and one of the big things that people got riled up about, and this actually, by the way, this video uh, was a very critical video, actually, in my my TikTok <laughs> career, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Uh, people were like, "Well, you're you're cherry picking. You're you're picking out certain uh, periods of." Of, uh, or certain time periods where they're just not producing very much solar, not producing much wind. And if they were to look at my video and see that I wrote, like I had little captions on there and maybe that wasn't <laughs> enough, I guess it says like, this is, uh, this is just one time period. But if you look at them over time, this is pretty typical of a pretty typical day, but that wasn't good enough. And unfortunately, when I first made that video an electricity map um, only allowed you to do uh, a specific time of the day. It didn't allow you to do, you know, over a month or a year, but now it does years oh, wow. and months, okay. right? I think. The, yeah, it, it actually lets you do a little slider and you can actually say like, okay, this is what they looked this month or this is where was their average over a month and this is their average over the previous months. So now they have the tools and I, I think it's the time is ripe for me to Absolutely. make another video. Yeah, before I used to have to go to like Fraunhofer, I, like these different data sources to get monthly and yearly data for mm-hmm. different European countries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now Electricity Map does it for you. I think if you did yeah. like a premium <laughs> beforehand, you could get it. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's explain to the listeners what uh, Electricity Map shows because it's a very important tool if you're a nuclear advocate. Oh, yeah. And I can I can explain it just by talking about the oh, video. Okay. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in my video, I'm like, I stitched another guy who's like, my, uh, he he made a funny video, and in this video, he's like, kind of doing a a, a United States versus Europe thing, which I, I hate those videos, but. Um, and then he, he he talks like in kind of a, a European accent. I, I don't even, I think it might have been French or I can't remember. And then for for when he's speaking as if he's Europe, and then he speaks in an American accent as when when he was American. But in, in one of his things where he was speaking in an American or a European accent, he said, uh, "Well, my my power is or my electricity is powered by wind power or all wind power." And so I stitched like that specific section and i knew it was a joke and i thought everyone else would know it was a joke as well but apparently not um <laughs> and i'm like so is europe 100 percent uh powered by by wind power let's go ahead and look at electricity map and electricity map great thing is uh you can show basically a map <laughs> and it shows colors and those colors are based or tell you uh how clean of energy uh, this the specific countries on the map have. Um, you can choose you can choose France or France, Germany, uh, UK, all these different countries, and they show a different color. The more brown they are, uh, or even closer to like dark brown into black, uh, the more carbon intensity they have, more carbon emissions 
dirtier energy. And then uh, the cleaner it gets, the less carbon emissions. Uh, it goes to like yellow and then to yellow green and then green. Green is green is clean. And I explained this actually all in my video too. <laughs> uh, and like, so let's look at all these countries. Well, like first off, when you look at this whole map, it's definitely not all green. <laughs> um, but let's look at, I, I think I showed like Germany and I'm like, this is actually, I, th I think I saved Germany for last, but it, doesn't matter, but let's let's look at the green ones first. And I showed all the green ones. I showed Sweden, I showed Finland, uh, France, and then I showed like, hey, they're hydro and and nuclear. All these places that are green are either hydro or nuclear. And then I I pointed at Germany and I'm like, ooh, they're really brown. They're supposed to be the clean energy uh, mecca, right? Or the clean the the place the people who are really on clean energy, right? But they are way behind. I think that really pissed people <laughs> off, honestly, when I brought right. that up. I'm like, they are not doing good at all. They have very dirty energy. And I talked about how they were getting rid of nuclear. And if they would have just kept nuclear and did whatever they want or with renewables, they would have been way cleaner. Um, and people really didn't like that. And I really wish I could have been a little, I only had one minute to make the freaking video. <laughs> I wish I could have put a little more information in there, like uh, bring it up over time. Like I was just so limited. But. You got to start making uh, uh, yeah. like they do Twitter threads or someone has to make like 30 tweets just to explain something and like numbering it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's one way to pump out more videos. Yeah, I guess. And you, <laughs> you can kind of do that on TikTok. You can do like a part one, a part two. Eh, it doesn't really work out that great when you do that. The the good thing about doing part one, part two is if you have a big subject that you're talking about and that subject is large enough to where you could split it up into multiple videos and maybe one part of that subject is going to blow up. And that's actually happened with me recently. Um, I was talking about a guy who was spreading misinformation about uh, the Zaporizhia plant mm. in Ukraine. And I broke down his video uh, like clip by clip and just said like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Like, except for I didn't in a very mm -hmm. respectful way. Um, and I split it into two parts Be and the first one was basically just about Zaporizhia in general, how it's not uh Chernobyl. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, <laughs> that was, that was the first part of the video. The second part of the video I did, uh, he, at the very end of his video, he talked about how they're handing out potassium iodide. Potassium iodide is basically just anti-radiation pills and it's rat away. And, uh, I, I replied to that part explaining what was potassium iodide and what is potassium iodide used for and how it's not anti-radiation pills. And I broke up that specific part of my video and made that a part two. That thing is, probably going to get two or three hundred thousand views right now it's it's going nuts i think that's because of uh what uh putin has, yeah. has said recently <laughs> <laughs> and that's also important yeah. too because when, when uh, it comes to yeah. that's like a level of medical misinformation because that can get dangerous if people uh -huh. are taking it uh and they don't need mm -hmm. to or they're taking it in doses way above you know uh yeah. so that's that's important that you're deb debunking and and explaining that Mm -hmm. 
Yep. I think it's super key. And I, and that's actually another reason why I decided to break it out. I actually had, uh, Ian Prado, we were talking together, we were going out and I was showed him the video. He's like, you should absolutely break out that, that potassium at anyone. Cause not only would that probably go viral, but that is important information. And I'm like, you're right. This is important information. I want to get it out there. And I'm glad I was, was going to ask, uh, you talked a little bit about the pushback maybe against like your correct thoughts on the iodide pills and, you know, about Germany being a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Are are there any other things that people like to disagree with you on? Um, geez, (laughs) I'm sure there is. Do do you get a lot of, uh, do you get a lot of fusion people, fusion bros? So, I get a lot of a lot of Thor oh. bros, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I have actually answered back to that. Um, I think I I crushed some 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 uh, dreams, yeah. uh, hopes, dreams, but I I, I didn't wasn't trying to. <laughs> um, on fusion, I have not made a video yet, and I have had people asking me about fusion. Um, there's, they're not really saying like, oh, fusion's the only right. way type of thing. Um, usually it's in the context of we need nuclear until we get to fusion type of thing. I guess nuclear to get to a different type <laughs> of nuclear. Um, I So a, a lot of times when I make a video, I will think about it for a long time. And this is one of the fusion is one of the things that I have gotten very close to making a video and I think I even recorded something and then I just was like, no, I still need to think about this more, you know? Uh, because I mean, I'm not a fusion researcher (laughs) (laughs) and I don't want to get things wrong. And so with those sort of topics, I will think about it for a really long time. So eventually I'll come out with my fusion video, uh, when I, when I feel a little more confident, you know, it's, it's, I I have encountered a lot of, um, you know, Dorian fans. And the first thing I I find myself saying Mm -hmm. is, you know, like everything you've been led to believe as an advantage of Thorium reactors, um, advanced uranium reactors can effectively bring the same advantages. Like, um, people assume molten salt reactors mean Thorium and, you know, and I was like, actually, You know, you can have uranium-based molten salt reactors, and you can also have thorium-based rod reactors. Like the CANDU can run run a fuel cycle with thorium. Um, they don't do it because there's a reduced efficiency, but um, they, they can do that if they need to. Yeah. Uh, and so it's sort of like if they're already on board with nuclear due to those advantages, uh, they should be thrilled to find out, oh, actually, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's a place for uranium in the future anyway. Um, so uh, that's... Mm-hmm. That, it sounds like you wrote my video that I made on it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've had these we've, we've had these conversations before, um, but yeah, it's yep, it's a it's yep. a common one. Uh, so the and the other thing I think uh, one thing I encounter a lot where you we have a lot of people who legitimately believe Europe Europe runs on you know wind power or something. Uh, you see these headlines that, of course, the headlines are also cherry picking, like down to the minute, um, where they'll say, like, mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in history, the UK is running on 100% wind energy. And, you know, you read the details and it's for like literally two minutes 
in April, uh, you know, uh-huh. like during like the windiest, like in abnormally windy, you know, every single variable leading to that headline is like just perfect, mm-hmm. but they, you know, leave out all the stuff that they, yeah, that you know, shows the reality of it. Um, and people see the headline and think, oh, yeah. okay, the UK, we, we've made it. Like we're, we're 100% wind powered now. <laughs> and like, yeah. they, they don't think yeah. beyond that. So when they see the real grid data and they see, oh, actually, like this is what the real world is, that might, you know, jostle their, mm-hmm. their conception of the world. You are, you're, you're mentioning a video okay. that I haven't done yet <laughs> and I need to do it. And it is, I need to do it. And I, I don't know why I haven't done it. Like, cause it's not something I have to think about much. It's like, no, it was like a couple minutes. Like we're thinking of the same set of headlines too. <laughs> I need to make that. Yes. Yes. And the thing is like, I feel like one of the, those are the, that's like the type that I need to respond to quickly because it's always a headline. Yeah. Right. And, uh, when it comes to headlines, you need to get on the ball right away. And I, I don't think I've, uh, maybe that's the reason why I've d- not done it because I usually have just, I don't know, been busy or something. Well, <laughs> uh, when the headline comes we are out. in uh, low demand September. Uh, so maybe, maybe <laughs> if we get like a really windy two minutes at three in the morning on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, we'll see the, we'll see new headlines like that again. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll, I'll look for it and I'll, I'll see if I can make yeah. it. So do you think like you you did mention that um you know TikTok gives you 1 minute to make like yeah they limit you to 1 minute video um do you think there's like other sort of limitations that are built into the design of the platform that kind of hinders your ability to effectively like educate others or deliver what you want to deliver uh yeah <laughs> absolutely um i think a lot of people uh have uh, struggled when it comes in, in science talk or science TikTok. Uh, they, they've struggled a lot because the people who are spreading misinformation generally get a lot of views. Um, there's like incentives uh, to, to, to spread misinformation on TikTok. I think that's one big uh, issue with TikTok. Uh, I think another thing is they don't really uh, pay their creators very well. Um, they, they pay them pennies basically. Uh, so I think that's, um, I think that's a huge issue and it requires creators to say, uh, or to try to do things off of TikTok, right. And then try to talk to their TikTok audience and tell them, Hey, like TikTok's really not really helping me out here. Come over to, uh, this, uh, what's it called? Um, platform and follow me there or go to my Patreon or whatever. And TikTok does not like that. And they look for those, those things that you're saying and they will not allow those videos to go viral. You know, they, they really try to squash that down. They hate it when you leave the platform, like anything that points them away from the platform. Uh, and they won't let you put links. If you put a link, they will, uh, remove the comment wow. like it <laughs> probably because there's so much annoying. spam so yeah yeah i mean spam could be an issue but i i really don't think so because uh, so and I, and I say you can't put links that that's for the comment sections you can put links in your bios so like if you have a bio you could put a link in there but it won't let you open it in a different browser <laughs> 
it forces you. You have to use the TikTok browser. It will not let you get out of the browser. They're taking every data point from you. And it you won't do let that. you copy and paste or anything. So they're taking every What's data that? point on everything you do in their browser too. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So what I've done to get around that is in all of my videos, I because I want to put sources out there like, hey, I'm trying to speak facts and I want you to know that uh, it's backed by sources. So I can't put it in my comment section because it's going to get deleted. I can't put it in my bio because uh, they'll that there's people that have been banned actually for doing that, uh, for, for trying to put sort like ugh, it's just stupid. But anyways, so what I do is I put a uh, QR code in my videos um, so that people it's a little cumbersome, but at least it's there. And if you try hard, you can take a screenshot and, and, Go to that QR code. So that's that's a good way to yeah. overcome that limitation. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, social media provides a platform for open public discussion and debate with high visibility. Do you have any examples of uh, high-profile debates you were involved with? So high profile. Like, like did, did, have, you, so, have you been blocked on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Um, thank you. I, I'm, I'm remembering now. Yes. Uh, so uh, Ed Lyman, uh, Union of Concerned Scientists, not to, not to call somebody out by name, um, <laughs> but uh, on Twitter, I, I had one interaction with him. Um, where basically it was an IAEA update on what was going on in Ukraine and what was going on at the Zaporizhia plant. And he replied to that update saying uh, something along the lines of like, uh, that it's that basically, it's not going to safe be safe for much longer mm. type of thing. Like, and that, really upset mm -hmm. me, especially in like the field that I work in when it comes to radiological emergency response. Like you, you do not say things like that. You don't, uh, especially when you don't know. And I knew yeah. he didn't know, uh, like he, all he was doing was trying to bring fear and anxiety and <laughs> Oh man, I'm, I'm getting riled mm -hmm. up even thinking about it. Uh, it hurts people. It harms people when you are spreading fear, when everybody else is out there uh, and uh, they're scared because they're hearing the word nuclear plant and, or the words nuclear plant and, and, and being shelled, like they're already kind of high anxiety. And you start saying like, Oh, it's not going to be safe for much longer. Like you're working against mm -hmm. us here. Um, and you're, you're, you're increasing pe people's anxiety. And this is, the the when it comes to I'm I'm now getting into my job a little bit here, but when it comes to radiological emergency response, uh, the biggest danger is uh, the fear that people have um, and the anxiety that people have. We saw it in Fukushima, we saw it in Three Mile Island, and even we even saw it in uh, Chernobyl. Uh, it is an amplifier of harm, and uh, so he. He did that. I replied back to him. I basically said exactly what I just told you uh, and said, like, you cannot be spreading this kind of uh, fear. Uh, you're working against us here. 
And he replied back and he started, I don't know, started talking about stuff that even nuclear engineers would have to be like, okay, let me look this up. Because he basically, there's something that he knew that he he dug into on like fuel and, and uh, oh, what's it called? Like ramping up and down power. And he's just saying basically mumbo jumbo um, when it comes to the common day person knowing things just to make it look like he yeah. knew a lot. Right. Um, but again, that goes against what you do during a radiological emergency or a nuclear emergency. You don't start to spitting information to look smart that nobody's going to understand. Um, and all it did was make people more fearful again. Uh, and of course, uh, after that interaction, he blocked right. me. So. <laughs> I mean, so I make a oh, video nice. about it. <laughs> well, uh, I was just going to say the, um, you know, and if there is an emergency, the last thing you want to do is cause people to panic. And that's exactly what he mm-hmm. wanted to do. And that, that, that causes so much destruction and just, um, mm-hmm you know, turmoil that, you know, it's, it's, it's irresponsible and it's good that you called them out on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, basically it's, yeah, fear, uncertainty and doubt. And that's what my video was all about. It's like, this is FUD. And then I, I put in videos of, of Bill Nye and, and, uh, uh, Machio. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Say curse words here. Right. Just, just the, uh, it's like it's like the people that were on the sh- Three Mile Island documentary. If you want to call it a documentary, more like <laughs> I mean, I watched literally like oh, fifteen geez. minutes of that, and I got bored because I knew it was just they weren't saying anything. It was just words coming out of people that's you know wanting to sound super important. They were just talking about their feelings most of the time and how afraid they were, but the actual facts of the situation was like either brushed over or exaggerated or entirely misinformed. Um. <laughs> and that, that works, yeah. right? Like when you, when you get on the people's feelings, like damn the facts, you know, like <laughs> the, if, it, if it's compelling, that's, that's, what's going to like move people and, and create the compelling narrative that like gets more views. Um, so like mm-hmm. in, in the world of media and social media, um, like that's, again, why effective and factual science communication is so important to like combat compelling misinformation. And so like, um, would you have any advice for anyone seeking to improve their science communication skills? Yeah. Um, so I think definitely reading some books, out there that are available and following some people who are good communicators. Um, and that's, that's what I've done. Uh, but a big thing is just getting out there and doing it, practicing. Uh, when I, when I first started on TikTok, uh, I just (laughs) started putting together videos. They weren't all that great in my opinion, but, uh, and just honed my, my communication skills and that, along with reading some of these books out there, really helped me out. Um, and you could see if you if you go back and like my first videos on TikTok and my first video I put out on 
uh, YouTube. Uh, they were they were not that great. Um, even though I think my first video has the most views out of any of them on my uh, on YouTube platform, but um, yeah, just record yourself, put things out there, um, and don't be afraid to to uh, not do it right. You know, uh, just learn from your mistakes and and practice. Um, I think another thing that, like I, I mentioned, the books. Uh, there's a lot of good books out there. Um, one that I really recommend is, uh, I think it's called influence is the name of the book. And it goes into kind of the different levers of influence that you can have, um, that you can pull to, to have a good influence on people. And I think one, one of the things he talks about, uh, he actually mentions, he's like, Hey, science creators, you need to do this specifically. Um, so it has a lot of really good information on, um, how to influence people. Uh, and uh, let's see, I think, I think one of the, the, the things that I really learned from it and I realized like, wait a minute, I kind of already know this is you can't just come in to when somebody's spreading misinformation, you can't come in to them and, uh, just tell them they're wrong and spit a bunch of facts at them. Uh, you can't just come in swinging if, if, if you're intending on changing their mind specifically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you have to kind of come at it from their, their perspective. And, uh, you, you've probably heard the term like steel manning, right. Um, kind of the opposite of, 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 uh, straw man, you, you, you explain to them kind of their, uh, point of view and, uh, you, you don't get it wrong. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you lay it out there, uh, and you give them, uh, the, the best representation you can of their argument. Um, but, and then you kind of come in with, with the reason why it might be wrong. Um, another tactic that you can do is, um, they call this like a retreat and then you move forward with your argument. or, and it's a, it's, it's not a real retreat. Um, you basically point out what was in their argument that was actually factual. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, you say things that sound like it kind of is going counter your argument, but you're sticking to the facts, right? Like, for example, uh, people might tell you, like, well, wind and solar, that is uh, way cheaper than nuclear power. We should just be using wind and solar. And I made a video that's like, hey, wind and solar, uh, the, the levelized cost of energy for wind and solar has dramatically dropped over time. And it's it's been insane how, how quickly it's dropped. And, uh, and if you look at the levelized costs and, and the energy information uh, administration and, and the Lazard tables, they do look like it is lower than nuclear power. Um, so basically you're putting out there these facts, like you're acknowledging these facts. But then in my video, I go into like, and this is why uh, uh, this is not actually a hundred percent accurate here and how uh you you know the whole spiel how 
uh, it doesn't take into account your, uh, what's it called, um, energy storage and the fact that if you build too much wind and too much solar, you start actually reducing um, in value of that wind mm-hmm. and solar on the grid and you're flooding the grid, like all that stuff. But you kind of you kind of uh, start out sounding like you're re- kind of retreating and then you're bringing in your argument and that really wins over wins over people's trust mm-hmm. that you are in fact coming at this um with good intent and that you can be a trustworthy individual right cuz you you can't just not give them anything like someone has to win even if they're comp- quite wrong on a lot of it you have to l- let them feel like they they win a little bit because no one likes to be told that they're yeah. You know, just completely and utterly wrong, which uh, it's no, uh, don't. information. I mean, it's a tactic I need to make sure I, I remember because sometimes I become mm-hmm. like the problem is with like Twitter and stuff. It it turns you into a snarky asshole. And I like have to learn to mm-hmm. like keep that devil side of me like quiet, you know, so. It took. And, and Twitter's right, good Twitter's at that, awful. right? Yeah, that. At, at turning, right? Like because uh, you win a lot of points, yeah. right? When you come up with a good snark, <laughs> you get a lot of shares, views, likes. The clap um, back, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Incentivizes I, I was going to ask you, um, knowing what you know and using all these tools, do you the endeavor of being a science communicator on TikTok is really helping change the tide in public opinion, public acceptance of nuclear power? I think it is. I think it absolutely is. Um, I have had people come to me and tell me that like, Hey, like because of your videos, I have completely changed my mind. And these aren't just people who, who just watch videos. You know, these are people who create videos um, who have had complete change of minds. Um, and I've been on their lives before. They'll invite me on their lives. Uh, so on TikTok, you can, you know, go live kind of like on other platforms and they'll tell me that they're like, yeah, like, because of you, like I had this, or I originally, I had this misconstrued, um, understanding of nuclear and, uh, now, uh, being on, or seeing your videos, I realized that I was completely wrong. So, uh, I think TikTok is making a difference. Um, at least for the people who are on TikTok. Um, and I think Isabel had a huge influence. I think she's continuing to have a big influence. And, uh, what's interesting is that, uh, people still kind of refer to her as just being a TikToker and, and, I've seen specific people uh, at Lyman uh, using it as kind of a uh, insult to say, "Oh, a t- popular TikToker is 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 uh, the reason why we're talking about Diablo Canyon again." Like, and, and trying to use it as a "Oh, they're just a TikToker" type of thing. Um, but uh, I think she's way more more than that, and she's making an influence even beyond TikTok, way beyond TikTok. Um, I mean, she was just, she just had her TED Talk, which is freaking amazing, but she started out on TikTok, so. 
I don't, I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but, uh, the answer is yes. Well, like you mentioned before, there is also kind of that clean slate thing where a lot of the, you know, career anti-nukes are just not on TikTok yet. And maybe they might not, they might not be because TikTok is really kind of for younger people. And I think it's screening out some of the mm-hmm. hardcore anti-nuclear boomers and giving mm-hmm. you a place to finally have a a platform that's, you know, not completely drowned out by bullshit. <laughs> Even though social media yep. is yep. a lot time a lot of times it can be bullshit. Um yeah. but one one more question I had to I was gonna ask is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started on TikTok? That's a really good question. Um I mean I feel like I almost need to uh, bring, I I almost need to uh, flip that question, you know, like I almost need my old self to kind of talk to my new self and say, Hey, like, uh, give myself a pep talk from my past or my past self needs to give me a pep talk. You know, Uh, I know that's not exactly answering your question. Um, but lately I've been really, uh, focusing on, on, on the quality of my videos, which I enjoy putting out really good quality videos that have good uh, audio and, and, and really good lighting and everything. Um, but I think if I went back and talked to my previous self, my previous self would tell me like, Hey, stop worrying about that. Just put out, uh, good messages and uh, learn from those things that you you your successes in the past in order to create those uh, new successes. Um, so I think I think my past self would have a better message for me, right? <laughs> um, than what I know well, now. Still, still insightful, though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'd tell myself my 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 past self, like, hey, like you're gonna eventually think that you just need to get bogged down in the the quality of your videos, which I still enjoy, I enjoy doing it. So I think yes. there's value in that, but, but um, just wear your heart on your sleeve, man. <laughs> so, yep. uh, well, those are all the questions we prepared for you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before you go? Oh boy. Well, I think, I mean, I love, I love talking about this and I hope that uh, some other people might be willing to kind of join me on TikTok. Uh, it is a lot of work uh, for just one person to try to uh, carry the the right. message. Uh, so if others could could come and join me on TikTok, that would be great. Uh, I would love to collaborate I, with I people. I would totally or, do more on TikTok, but just with my disability, it's kind of hard to do all the like cameras and stuff. But um, yeah, definitely, anybody who's listening to this, consider making videos too on on TikTok. Yeah, I think. One one of the things on that as well, uh, I I've tried to help build some of the culture when it comes to the creators on on nu- nuclear TikTok, uh, where we're 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 nice and we're trying to educate people, and because <laughs> I don't want it to turn into. Twitter, but I think maybe something about, about TikTok makes it to where when you're putting your face Mm -hmm. out there, you're a little more of a like, Oh, like I'm putting myself out there. I need to maybe be a little nicer. (laughs) 
So, right. Yeah, you know. I think in that book, Influence, you mentioned, uh, if we're thinking of the same book, they talk about how um, at hotel concierge desks, they'll put the mirror behind the uh, hotel staff. So, because people can see their face mm-hmm. and it'll like discourage on, you know, a subconscious level, discourage getting angry or losing your temper <laughs> or, or being mean to the staff. Yep. Because um, if some yep. people can hear themselves, they're like, okay, that was very cringy. <laughs> Yeah, or just yeah, you know, look in the mirror <laughs> type of thing. So, um, but yeah, so if if people were to hop on TikTok and and find your content, like what what's your handle? Where where can they find you? Yeah, so the rad guy was taken. So uh, I am at uh, the rad guy glows, um, and on Twitter I am at that rad guy five <laughs> originally i was going to call myself that rad guy right. um but then uh, a friend of mine's like hey you should be the rad guy kind of like the bad guy because that song was kind of popular at that oh, time okay but uh and then if you just look me up on on you know youtube if you look up the rad guy i should be i should pop up pretty easily you'll see my uh logo and uh, also on on well, facebook hey dj thanks for uh joining us today and giving us a window into the person behind the rad guy yeah thanks for coming on the show for us i was happy to be on on this side of the uh conversation thanks for having me That was a fun conversation. I'm so glad DJ has had such wild success in his online advocacy for nuclear. DJ is making waves by trailblazing nuclear advocacy on the new frontier of TikTok. It was interesting to discuss what goes on behind the scenes with the rad guy. I definitely got some value in going over some tactics for pro-nuclear advocacy to persuade people that our ideas are good ones, especially the idea of starting on common ground in your rebuttal of the opposing viewpoint, so their position is being acknowledged and understood. This bridges a better pathway to correcting misinformation without the person feeling attacked or ignored. Just one of many tips and tricks for more effective communication that DJ brought to light. And just having a presence on social media as nuclear advocates makes us all science communicators to varying degrees. So it's important to think about our own reach and how we can scale it to make a greater impact, in addition to improving our own nuclear knowledge base and communication skills within our own lives. We want to again thank DJ for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk to us today. We hope to see the Rad Guy's following grow exponentially. You can find him on TikTok with the handle, The Rad Guy Glows. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want more content, you can support Americans for Nuclear Energy's Climate Fix podcast on a per-episode basis with Patreon. Link in the description. To support Americans for Nuclear Energy and our general mission, visit our website at www.americansfornuclearenergy.org. All words. Again, that's www.americansfornuclearenergy.org. We have a link to donate with PayPal under the Mobilize page. You can also purchase some Americans for Nuclear Energy swag under our store page. This will really help us pay for the little things, especially online service fees, to keep our organization running. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Lastly, 
We really want your feedback. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and concerns. We have a message form on our website under the About section. Or you can email us directly at main at americansfornuclearenergy.org. All words. Again, that's main at americansfornuclearenergy.org. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Americans for Nuclear Energy's Climate Fix Podcast. We'll see you next time. and produced by Jonna Adams.